Welcome to NRL 360 Rugby League from every angle, all thanks to NIB. Joining me again, Paul Kent, only two days until round one. Kick-off, Melbourne Storm wait. up against Parramatta. Yeah, looking forward to a great game to kick off the season. I'll tell you what, I'm really looking forward to uh, the, the competition beginning. I've been waiting for this and uh, I think a lot of people have been waiting for it. We all have the, the summer of cricket's over. Oh. We allowed to say that? Don't say that, that's too loud. No, I'm, I'm really excited, Braith. Yeah. I, I think it's, we've got a great first round of footy yeah. coming up. Can't wait to see the Dolphins cracking game starting the competition off. So that's going to be a ripper. We're nearly there. Well, it's official. The footy is back on Fox League. And this is the only place to watch every game of every round live and ad break free. So sit back and settle in because this will be our best season yet. October until March, we wait. Together. The year turns and the days grow longer, the sun hotter. January fades and February comes. And all of a sudden, we're here again. Life takes on new meaning. The working week more tolerable. For at its end, there's hope, there's comfort. There's the guarantee of spectacle, of a win, of a loss and another brick in the path of every team's destiny. Penrith are champions again. Aside looking to enter sporting folklore as one of the greatest ever, a three-peat within grasp, and that hasn't happened since Gibbo, since Big Jack's mighty yields of the 80s. And then, of course, there's these new guys. Team 17, Wayne Bennett's Dolphins. First up Thursday, live from 6.30, it's the Eels and the Storm. Two sides who genuinely dislike one another. Good yard. Let's go, straight away. Poles apart, but with the very same ambition. Go, 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 go. Friday, live at five, the Warriors. They're back in New Zealand, gearing up for the Newcastle Knights. And then look out, here they come again. The high-flying premiers, the Penrith Panthers versus the Brisbane Broncos. Building, building back to their best. We back it, next man helps, right? Over there, here we go. It's... Super Saturday. How we've missed our exclusive Super Saturdays. What a lineup to kick off the 2023 edition. Beginning with the Seagulls and the Bulldogs. Both full of fresh hope, new coaches, and bold personalities. 5.30, it's the Cowboys and the Raiders, both Fox League favourites, with forward packs ready to rock Townsend. 7.30, Super Saturday, live. The showstopper, the main event, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks and the pride of Redfern. The one and only South Sydney Rabbitohs. Glorious. Sunday, the doubleheader. Launching at four with these debuting dolphins, facing the Sydney Roosters no less. One team born in 2023, propped up by hard men and high hope. The other going way back to 1908, backed by history and heroics. 
Finally, Sunday at six, it's the West Tigers and the Gold Coast Titans. So much promise and pressure to boot. Yep, it's on again. 27 rounds plus the finals. The hope, the comfort, the destiny. We are back. This is Rugby League, folks. And no matter where you're from or where you're going, we've got you covered. Every game, every round, live and at free in play. You don't get that anywhere else. The best of the best right here on Fox League. Yes, the coverage starts 6.30pm on Thursday. It's the Parramatta Eels taking on the Melbourne Storm and we can't wait right here on Fox League. Let's bring in Paul Corley and Dave Riccio. Welcome back. Good Mate. to be back. How have we been? All right, good summer? Really good. Terrific. Enjoyed it? Yeah. Ready to, to go, Brave. Ready to go. Well, let's get into it then. Let's get to tonight's <laughs> Telstra top story. And Wayne Bennett has sensationally dropped Anthony Milford in favour of 19-year-old half Isaiah Katoa. Dolphin skipper Jesse Bromwich addressed the decision earlier today, calling on Milford to support the team playmaker and get his own game back on track. For me, it just says that you know one's had a better preseason than the other. So a lot of the, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the selections come down to who's showing what they got over preseason. And I'd love to see him, you know, fight for the jumper and fight for a spot. Yeah, I'd just love to see him really turn up to training with a really good attitude, an attitude to help the young guy out. I guess that's why that's why we're all here. You know, us experienced guys are we're all here to start this club off the right way and for me that's the right way. So I'd love to see Milf do that as well. Yeah, pretty critical there, the captain of the Dolphins, Bromwich. Uh, really, I suppose, putting a rocket up Milford. Mm. Uh, it's, it's clear, I mean indirectly, but quite clear to us that Milford hasn't come back the way they've wanted. He hasn't trained the way that they've wanted him to. He's not in, in the right condition to play round one, I would say both mentally and physically. Great leadership from Bromwich. I love how strong he was, but it's a concern for the Dolphins and for Milford, right? That's like that spent his life playing in the Melbourne Storm system, who knows what it takes to succeed. And he's obviously watched Milford over the summer and formed an opinion he probably didn't train hard enough. And anyone that watched the Dolphins trial against the Titans last week or the week before... You, you watched that game, you knew that Bennett had no alternative but to drop Milford. He was shocking, he was disinterested, and the fans of the Dolphins, the, the new fans that have come to the game, they deserve the opportunity to follow the future, not the past. Well, the whisperer was that he, Milford hasn't come back, will come through the off-season in peak condition, which you know, we were discussing it today, weren't yeah. we, both? Like, you've just come through a full off-season, pre-season campaign, and, and there's a bit of a cyber glance that you're probably not fit enough, that's a concern. I think, yeah. Well, how do you go to a new franchise and you train the whole pre-season with top-class yeah. trainers Yeah. for a new club, you, you get tested with you, you, your skin folds with your weight, you get your speed, you get your agility, you get your fitness. By the time you play round one, you should be in peak condition. Is, is there any excuse to not be in peak condition? No, there's no excuse. But is that just Milford's fault? Well, yeah, look, it's mostly Milford's fault. Okay. Clearly there's people watching him. But clearly, I can't imagine Wayne Bennett has left it till mm. this week mm. to give Anthony Milford a kick up yeah. the bum. I'm sure there's been reminders throughout training, mate, you need to start picking it up a bit, and he clearly hasn't got there. Well, Wayne Bennett has doubled down on those comments from Captain Bromwich, and he's been very stern. We've got it's breaking news here, Bennett on Milford. The reality is, where does Anthony want to be in 12 months' time? 
Does he want to be back on the top of his game or in and out of the team like a yo-yo? Time is running out, but Anthony still has time. He has to make a decision whether he's really committed to getting better or is happy to just doing what he's doing and just cruising through life. Now, that's... Well, well Bennett's told Peter Bedell that today. So that's in tomorrow's Courier Mail. And that, that's, that's... So Bennett is quite happy to go on the record, which is very unusual for Wayne. And when Wayne goes on the record like that in a, such a public manner, uh, it's with a clear intent. Uh, there seems to be a consistent uh, messaging here, given that Bromwich's tone is very similar to the way Wayne is speaking, which says to me it's a statement about what they want the Dolphins to start their foundation to be. Mm. This, I mean, this is, their, this is their inaugural game. And it looks like a statement to every other player within the group that this is the standard. Yeah, I get that, right? And, and I love it. But it's a kick I, in I love the backside for Norfolk. But, but, well, but, he might just be the whipping yeah, but, boy but, to make nah. the statement. But, but, who, but who brought Milford to the club? That's And what was Milford known for the last few years? What, being lazy? Underperforming, yeah, being lazy. Yeah. So all of a sudden it's a big shock. Here we are round one. Well, I don't think it shock. is a shock because... It he's just, but he's just said there, he hasn't given up on him. Yeah. He said he's got to pull his socks up. And Braith, honest to God, if you, if you watch the Dolphins in that trial the other day... There wasn't a decision to be made. The kid had to get the jumper. But the, you, you couldn't have run him out and played him. The worry for the Dolphins is he, Milford was an early signing. He actually sat there his last year and Bennett said, look, sit there, we'll, we'll take it, you one of the Dolphins. So he always knew he was one of the early signings at the Dolphins. The club clearly had big plans for him. And through his own poor performance of training, he, he's failed mm. to make the side for the run-on mm. for the first game. It, it's a, it, it is a kick in the backside it's, it's for Milford. It's a clear move from Wayne again, though. You know, they're setting the tone, like you said. Yeah, they're they're I, setting I, the culture. They're setting the standards. But where they... does this leave Milford? Where does this leave Milford as a player who, who, when he was 17 and 18 coming through at the Raiders, was regarded as one of the great talents in the game and has failed to really get to where... He has. And, and the, one, the one excuse I don't think you can really offer anymore as a professional football player is that you just don't fit enough. Mm-hmm. You've got everybody around you. You've got experts in, in your diet, your training, in, in every facet of, of your preparation. You've got experts yeah. there to help you. And if you cannot get there, then it, it all falls on you. And that's what Wayne's message today yeah. Yeah. seems to be. Mate, you, you have to make your choice because you've got all the help here. Yeah. It's now up to you to decide whether you want to be a footballer or whether you want to be up and down and in and out and coast along like you have for the past, I would say for the past six, seven years. I'd say to be it's fair, too late. He's had a couple of years. You think it's too I think late? it's too late. I agree with you, Dave. Yeah. I really do agree with you. Like, I, I think he's had a reputation as a, as a comfortable player. Yeah. yeah, he likes to sit within his comfort zone for most of his career. And everybody has been really waiting for, for the day Milford takes off. Mm. And here he is again. This is almost last straw stuff because... If he doesn't respond to Bennett's challenge to him, he's got nowhere to go. Well, the flip side of that is that the Dolphins go out in their first game in the NRL with a 19-year-old, untried, 5'8", up against the Sydney Roosters. Like, that's throwing a kid to the wolves. Clearly talented, though. And yeah. Clearly talented. But this could but, be but the making of the kid, too. And this could be... We could look back at well, this is This time. is his opportunity. But they're going to have to rally around this kid, too. Yeah. And you would imagine... They, they will lift because of it. But like, Carl, every player Carl's around him will un, have to He's lift. under no pressure. He, he's, the, he's the marquee signing for the club's future. He's under no pressure. 
Wayne would say, just go out there and do your job. I, he think, I think he's got nothing to lose too. Yeah. I really do. I mean, if he plays great, awesome. If, if, he, if he struggles in his first game, well, the expect... I mean, up against the Roosters game, one called in late because Milford gets mm. ruled out or, or pushed out of the team. I don't think there's a huge expectation for Katoa. I'm, I'm excited to watch him play. I can't wait to watch him play. And I think he'll be going close to the Rookie of the Year when he gets his chance, if he continues to get it. He's a he's sensation. That, he's that good, Brave. Yeah, yeah. Rookie of the Year. The thing, the thing about Bennett too, he'll, he'll stick with him. He'll stick with him for That's at least right. a month. Every time he brings someone up, he keeps him in his team. Yeah, the disappointing thing with Milford, I just think, you know, I, I think it's selfish, you know. I, I think when you, you know, you're at a new club, you, you're one of the main signings, you're a key playmaker, and you turn up and, you, and you're, you're out of shape, you're letting down the team, you're letting down your teammates. Yeah, and well, that's, well, well, I just, showed that. Yeah, Bromwich. It's an odd signing to start a franchise, to be fair. For everything we've discussed about Anthony's career, failing to live up to its potential, when you are starting a foundation club, you look at their key signings, the Bromwiches, you know, uh, Mark Nichols, a hard-working South front rower. Confuci, uh, as you said. Some young young talent based on who hard, work hard. Mm. Anthony doesn't fit that mould. What about Wayne? Is he is he at war with the Broncos? We've got Flegler and Farnworth coming from the Broncos. I'm asking the question. He's, Absolutely. They've signed with the Dolphins. It was always going to be a concern probably of Brisbane being so close and having the powerful Wayne Bennett as head coach only as their neighbours that this may happen. Now it is happening. Look, look, Wayne's a competitor at heart. That's what's kept him in the game for so long. There's no doubt he was... He still doesn't appreciate the way the Broncos treated him last time he was there. And if he can rub their noses in it, of course he's going to do it. That, that's... And I'd say nine out of ten rugby league people would feel the same. Really? I wrote today he... he he would have round four against the Broncos circled on the calendar on the fridge <laughs> yeah. with a printout of the email that he got sacked beside it. Yeah. Because seriously, he, he won't forget the way that club treated him in the end. And, and from a perspective of the Dolphins too, like this is the fight for Brisbane. They're a $110 million organisation mm. and they want to rule the town. Yeah. yeah. And it's like it's no different to South Sydney and the Roosters hating each other. Yeah. Rugby league's built on hatred. Yeah, it's healthy. It's good for the game. <laughs> we I, love it. I think the Bennett signing by design was intentional. Yeah. It, it gets under the Broncos' skin. Uh, you talk about Herbie Farnsworth, great pickup. Tom Thomas Flegler, great pickup. Right, they're starting to eat into the Broncos' nursery. This is the competition that the Broncos have never had before. Mm. They don't know what it feels like, and now suddenly Bennett's getting under their skin to the point where guys, uh, Carl Olapu, the young, talented five-eighth, that was released from the Broncos on only the basis that he didn't go to the Dolphins. Mm. He was allowed to go. He left for the Bulldogs. He's currently in the dog system. It was on the basis of not... You can go, mate, but we you're not going to the Dolphins. Was it tomorrow, Martin? Was there... Reece Walsh. Reece Walsh. Reece Walsh. Walsh. Yeah, that was the Warriors that, that wouldn't release that's him right. to the Dolphins. But the, and to the other point to that too is you, you look at when the Dolphins were actually brought in, they actually had someone else in mind initially as head coach and the NRL strongly recommended that you, you get the licence and we, we would really like to see Bennett as your inaugural coach because they knew the rivalry that that would bring into the city and that that would bring the conversation around the city and that would just ramp it up another mm. gear. So, yeah, and ben, look, Bennett's a showman. Yeah, he doesn't say much, but at least publicly, but he, he's a showman. He, he understands the way it all works. He'll, he'll put his cowboy hat on and he'll, he'll walk <laughs> He'll be loving the, every bit of it. Of course he will. Of course he will. He, he knows the way it what works. What about Kevy? Have we heard any mail out of the Broncos? Any reaction to these signings? Are they concerned, worried? Do we know? Not Do on they face, have something to not worry on about? Face well, they've got something to worry about. They're losing players now, and they're mm. losing players they want to keep. Yeah, and it, look, to be fair, in, in the you know, nearly 
what, 30-odd years now that the Broncos have been going. They haven't faced a lot of, lot of that. G'day, it's Matty Johns here from the Matty Johns Podcast. Now, each week on a Wednesday, I'm going to talk rugby league, bringing listeners to the very latest from the NRL, including insight analysis from one of the sharpest minds in the game, Cooper Cron. Plus, on Fridays, we'll bring you inside the Johns family household. When I Googled electric eel, it came up with the most frequently asked questions. First one was, can I power my house with electric eels? <laughs> Whether it's uh, NRL or laughs, there's something in this podcast for everyone. Search for the Matty Johns podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Of losing players that actually want to keep. Generally, when a player's left the Broncos, it's because I, yeah, they, they were the lesser of two evils, whoever went. They, mm. they, they have never really lost players because now the one argument the Broncos could always offer was the, the cheaper cost of living in Brisbane and all that sort of stuff. Now you can still live in Brisbane and play for another NRL team. Mm. So they, they're not used to this and they're going to be sort of be you know, welcome to the big leagues now in that regard because they're going to face a, a new threat that hasn't been there before. The best pulling power the Broncos can get is success. And mm-hmm. Kevin needs success. That's going to be the bottom and line, And they still right? are a big brand, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. They are, and the big brand in Brisbane. But they've got, they're going to have to start fighting for it it's, now. It's a big season for him because it's his third season in charge and... Mm. You've had two players, one former player and one current player, come out over the summer mm. and basically say he's a good bloke but he can't coach. Yeah. And, and it's not a great look for the head coach of an organisation mm. as powerful as the Broncos. And, and then the way they, they tumbled out of the finals race last year, yeah. when they looked home for a top four finish, they've just got everything to prove. I'll tell you, one thing that is in their favour to start the season, they've got five games, five of their first six at Suncorp Stadium. Mm. They've got to aim up. Yeah. The one thing I, I, I don't really understand from the Broncos' perspective is extending Kevy's contract, of which the, it's, if it's not official, it will be. However, it will be, I understand, loaded with some... But that's... You it's, know, it's a Clayton's contract. Well, it's loaded with clauses that if he doesn't that, do this, he doesn't Kenji, do that. But, these clubs that extend coaches but then sit on the fence to a degree... <laughs> which just I, silence I, the it's noise, just, Dave. Exactly, How Dave. does that silence exactly. the noise? If the Broncos fail this they don't year, Kevin won't be there. It's an attempt yeah. to silence it's the It's ridiculous. Noise. Yeah, but that in, I think, in naive administrative land, that's what they think will silence the noise. Yeah. And it's not going to silence the noise. The fact is, if you've got a coach, yes, we're extending his contract, but we've got all these clauses in where we can get rid of him if we need to, mm. we haven't really extended, have you? Yeah. I'll tell you where there's a lot of noise both on and off the field. It's at the Roosters. Now, Roosters looking for cap relief uh, over the Angus Crichton uh, situation at the moment. Where do we sit on this one? I can't believe that the NRL's even contemplating giving cap relief for a mental health issue. And that's not that the Roosters should not look after Angus in his current situation or the game shouldn't stand beside him. But when you're dealing with a salary cap, this would set a dangerous precedent. It hasn't happened before. And I don't believe that that, that, that dispensation is, is designed for injured players. Mm. And, and if the NRL contemplates this and allows it... But is mental illness and injury? Well, That's Paul, what they've got to come up with. The previous rule That's with injuries was always, did you suffer that new injury after you would sign that, that new contract? Yeah. That was the stipulation. So, I don't know. I just think, I, I think, I think all it, the clubs are sitting out there and they're watching this with interest. And given the way that this... this and privately Salary cap exemption has worked previously. I don't think the NRL can even I think it. the NRL are going to have an issue, as Crawls is alluding to. Uh, my phone lit up this morning with from rival club CEOs questioning how could this unfold. They could have anarchy within the ranks. 
if they do tick off on the fact that it's a mental health uh, salary cap dispensation. Now, just to clarify, it's not salary cap dispensation for this season. Whatever they, whatever Angus Crichton is being paid this year goes on to the Roosters' salary cap. It would be for next year. So it would open up around 700000 of their cap for 24. If he doesn't come back. If he doesn't come back. They still have to pay him this year. Do you think the Roosters the, are in do, a tough spot too, Kenny. Do you think the CEOs right. that you spoke to, they were aware of that? Or do you think they, they thought the dispensation for, was for this year? Because I think my understanding is a lot of people are against it under the belief that the, disp- the dispensation yeah. is for this year yeah. and they don't think that the Roosters should be available to Well, the, the Rabbitohs are a good example. They've had to go through it. Well, I think it was Ethan Lowe yeah. and also Greg Inglis. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, in both those cases, paid out those players' contracts yeah. and that, that payment sat on the cap So for, the, for, for whatever was remaining on the season. And it, that'll be the case with Angus. It'll sit there this year. They can't go out and get a replacement player if Angus doesn't play but this the, year. But the issue is, too, with mental illness, unlike, for example, an ACL or you've just, you know, you need a complete shoulder reconstruction where we have very clear ideas on how long roughly that injury uh, will take to recuperate or, second to that, whether the injury is beyond uh, fixing, therefore you have to retire mm. with mental illness... It's, a, it's, a, it's an unknown. That's right. So we, yeah. no one knows. Uh, well, he might be I, back in six months. Did, he might be back in three months. He might not be back at all, depending on which way it goes. And that's that's the hard part. But that's why I can't consider. blame I can't blame the Roosters for asking the question. I can't either. But because I, I, I because can't blame there's no the there's currently no either. Though. There's currently no rules sitting around. Yeah. You know, a mental illness and retirement. We, and the way where where rival clubs will be nervous. If they get $750,000 next year to yeah. go chasing a player mm. who wants to take unders to go there. And he will take unders to go there, mm. yeah. <laughs> as we know. Where yeah. do we think it's going to land here, though? I mean, we've all... I think I'll say no. The I NRL think the NRL will say no. I so agree. I think I, that's where I think it'll land, but it is something that the NRL... Because the one thing the Roosters will be doing, which is that what they do better than most places, nearly every place, is they're extremely thorough in their presentation to the yeah, NRL absolutely. and why... This should be the case, but I still think the NRL will just say it's a can of worms if we go down this road. Mm-hmm. Because, but again, we might look back in five years' time, and if Angus Crichton and yeah, let's all hope he does recover, yeah. and we all want that. But if he does not come back to the game, we might look back in five years' time and say, well, maybe the Roosters should have been given dispensation. Mm. Yeah, if, 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 if certainly if he's out for beyond the duration of his current contract. Well, then you could reasonably argue that, yeah, he prob- they probably should have got dispensation. But we just don't... Yeah. No- nobody knows, Braithen. No one I does. think the safe, the safe answer for the NRL is to just say, look, we accept your, uh, yeah, your, your uh, submission, submission, but mm. can't, can't yeah, say OK. All right, yesterday, Buzz and Reedy, they worked out all the numbers at all the clubs and who was on what, apparently. Um, now, what they're worth. Not what they're worth. What, what they're worth. What they would, would be worth in a real market. Krulls, you're adamant that the NRL should make all the salaries of players public. Well, they, they do it in the NFL and they do it in the NBA and I kind of wonder why can't we do it? And they like, do it in what, English, what, European what, what soccer. What is there to hide? It's, we, we get told consistently that it's the players, they, that you're invading their privacy. Well, other sports around the globe don't have any drama with it. Mm. And, and we're dealing with a salary cap where Buzz and Reedy clearly pointed out that you've got some of these top rosters, the Roosters leading the way, mm. who are $3 million over some of the other rosters. And what it does, even if they're not cheating, it does create distrust 
amongst the fans. And the fans want clarity. They want to know what the what the players are on. We ran a poll um, on the Daily of Telegraph website do. today. Of course they do. 89% of people of course wanted they do. clarity. Well, There's that, got to be some element of privacy. Why, why, why don't so they you, have it in so the NFL? Pro, the NFL are on tens NBA. of millions of dollars. The NBA's on tens. But, but Some of these guys are on a couple hundred thousand. Right. I think they want everyone knowing they're on 150 right. or 200,000 dollars. The difference is people will say... It's some privacy. The debate will go, well, why don't you tell them what you're getting? Well, we're not working on a salary cap here. The game, it's a sport. Not only and, that. And in fairness, that's what it's all about, mate. The, the issue is public interest and public faith. So in the, in the NFL and the uh, NBA and the American leagues... Salaries are disclosed because of the salary cap and, and the most precious thing to each of those organisations is public faith. Because once you lose that, you lose that. We've that, lost it here. We've lost it. But, and, and, and to give you an example of where else it happens... Don't you trust the NRL you, with the salary cap? No, no I don't. I'm just I, saying I, I the don't, fans don't trust it, mate. And Rival I'm, clubs don't trust I it. I think you're setting yourself up for disappointment if you think releasing the salaries of the players is going to clarify for every fan for out me, there. It's not for me, it's for the fans, yeah, the, But the fans, it won't clarify it for the fans because you're missing the key point. It's third-party deals. It's That's where the money's coming from. Yeah, but... That's where. That's, that's the little spot, part we're not supposed to talk about, Dave. <laughs> right. Sorry, Kenny. <laughs> Sorry. I thought this was 360. <laughs> but it's, honestly, for, for public, you cannot. It's why, it's why you politicians have. We all know what the Prime Minister earns. But we know you, which You tribe. Google the Prime Minister's wage, it will come up because he he's a servant of the public. So you, public you need to, to maintain public faith. Do you feel better that you know that what, he's, what he earns? Does that make you feel good? Well, I think, it, I think, I think we, get an under, we get an understanding. No, 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 we get an understanding of what they're paid. That doesn't make me feel better. But, but in the interest of, of transparency, if, if we had a Prime Minister who's on 550000 roughly, who was living in a $45 million uh, you know, house and he was you know, taking his yacht everywhere and he was flying his private plane everywhere on a $550,000 salary. Meanwhile, all these laws are getting passed that are helping mining companies or whatever. You might be able to say, well, hang on, there's a bit of shifty business going on here. Yeah. That, that's, that's the leap you can make. And then when you've got, salary, you've got football clubs who some clubs cannot get off the bottom of the ladder. And I'll tell you the other problem with the salary cap. A lot of people don't know. There's, as well as a salary cap, there's a salary floor, which means every team must spend a minimum amount. And I think it's 95% of the full cap every year. And what that does, that, that doesn't allow teams to actually put money aside to try and go after a player because if they're, they're coming in at 92% mm. and they've got to pick up the, next, the last 3% just to satisfy the conditions, then what ends up happening? They end up overpaying players. Mm. Then you're stuck with a player on your roster that's getting overpaid, which then bites into your capacity to go out and buy somebody else. Mm. I'll tell you where a lot of other people are getting frustrated too is that it's the Roosters, it's the Storm, it used to be the Broncos, it's the same clubs that are getting all the top talent when they come off contract. And there's such a disparity amongst the good teams and the bad teams. You're thinking I'm saying third-party deals is a dirty dirty words. Like, it it actually shows the successful clubs and who have the... Mate, I'm happy to put them out there too. No, well, well, there you go. That's that's your... Beautiful. If you do that... Transparency. I I understand it. I understand it. I understand what you're saying. I understand the fans and the frustration. I just think when you're in the position of a... Professional rugby league player, and, and you see praise, your, your wages praise, put over praise, the papers. Praise, praise, praise. The NBA is not a professional, mate. The NBA is on tens of millions of dollars. There's the no league difference. Is, mate, it's all right to work for Tesco and Tabrivix. Those blokes are on big money. Some blokes are only on. The blokes on the millions have more right to be careful about their money being disclosed because of the availability of 
or the capacity for people to go out and extort them and things like well, knowing how much money they are. Now players. you're saying there's extortion, but it's okay. Well, it's not extortion, but there's you're saying there's capacity. a risk of extortion. Yeah, but so it's the okay. guys earning millions of dollars in the, in yeah, the okay. NFL and in the NBA. There's not that, right? Let's look, agree the one, disagree. The, look, the one, the one thing, the one thing is the game is fed by the fans, and the minute I you, that. the minute you disenfranchise fans. You are playing with fire. And we've already begun doing that because so many fans have just had a gutful of, of, the, of the lack of turnover. You watch the NFL, and because they're so transparent in the way they handle their salaries and salary caps and the trades and all the rest of it, you get a lot of turnover in Super Bowl winners and Super Bowl Well, they have a draft. Teams, also, yeah. Which yeah. makes a big difference. But you look at, you look at what's happening in the, NFL, in the NRL, and it's the same teams for so long. Yep. And you... To the point now we're getting teams that have gone through whole generations of players and still have a success. Mm. Can't be just because they've got a great chairman. Maybe it is, Kenty. Eels coach Brad Harper has broken his silence on Mitch Moses' ongoing contract talks with the club, declaring he's confident the gun halfback will remain at Parramatta. Brad, are we able to announce Mitch's future today? I'd love to be able to, but, yeah, I don't know what's happening there. You know, look... What I've seen from Mitch at training, um, the way he's training, he's training like someone that, that wants to be at the club. So, you know, like he'll make his announcement when he's ready. I haven't talked to Mitch, and I know you can think that's crap, but it's true. I had a conversation with him early in the piece about my desire to, for him to stay. He knows that. I don't f feel like I need to be bugging him every day about it. I'll leave that to the players. They're doing a fair job of ribbing him about that. Only two days to go before round one, and it's Mitchell Moses, the Paramount Hills, taking on the Melbourne Storm. Do we know anything about this? Is he close to making a decision? We spoke about it last night. Any more information well, from Mitch you guys? has always said that he wants to make a call before the Eels play round one. I mean, it's fast running out of time. That's a, it's a, I'd expect one tomorrow then, Dave. There you go, Kenny. <laughs> the coach looked pretty confident. He didn't turn too did. concerned. Yeah, he did. He did. Well, as we said last night, the issue's been over the, the, the terms, of the, you know, the tenure of the, the contract rather than the actual amount. So I would say, look, hopefully it's soon. Maybe not tomorrow, but... Mm. Do we think you'll get the five years, isn't that? We said last night. Well, I, I, look, I don't think he will, to be honest. I don't think Parramatta got any indication that they're going to change their mind. I well, think... If he's not winning in the comp in three or four years, he's not winning in the fifth year, is he? Mm. Well, you could argue that. Yeah, bro. Fair call. Yeah. Well, well, it's a lot of money, but to... The Eels have remained pretty steadfast. They're going all in if they... If they yeah, do. the Eels have remained pretty steadfast on Mitch. This is the deal. We're not moving up and down. This, this is what it is. I think I think it is. I still think they're in the box seat. Yep. Tigers, miss if they miss out on Moses, you're saying crawls that who are they going to make a play well, for? Well, I think George Williams is the best halfback that possibly is not playing for a, an NRL side at the mm. moment. And I think he has indicated that at some point he'd like to come back and play in the NRL. And, and I'd imagine his name has, has been discussed at the Tigers and... If it hasn't, it should be. Mm. And he's got his mate John Bateman there now. And it There's just seems to look talk, a perfect though, With fit. Warrington, hasn't it? There has been a little sneaky yeah. talk between well, the they, Tigers they, they and want, They want a big transfer fee, don't they? So it's yeah. a, matter, a matter of if the Tigers would go down that path. But, but, but if you're looking for an experienced playmaker who has played in a grand final, has he? No, he didn't yeah. play in a grand final. Oh, he did. Yeah. Yeah, like he's, he's top shelf. Mm. He mm. is. Dave, you got some signing news. David Fafita's big decision. Yeah, look, it's it's edging closer, Braith. I, I would argue that the Titans are in the in the, the front runners here for, for Dave Fafita's signature, um, and it's on the basis that the Titans are also attempting to 
assign his partner in the NRLW competition. Uh, the Raiders haven't given up hope, but certainly they, they are thinking that Dave's uh, leaning towards the Titans. And I wouldn't be surprised if Dave actually plays out a, first, a, a, few, a few weeks of the season before making the call on whether, he's, whether this year will feel different, look different as far as the Titans are concerned and he wants to lock in on the Gold Coast. But, uh, yeah, the Raiders have had a, a, a big swing at him. Uh, it's my understanding that, as I said, that the Titans are still the front runners there. OK. What about Dylan Napa? Mm. He's... What about that? Oh, yeah, that's From a nowhere. Bit of a, bit of a I think it's a really good signing. I think it's really clever. Because he's, 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 he's on Tier 2 contract. So he's not, he's not top 30. He's Tier 2. And, look, he's, he's not a regular NRL player anymore. But at some point, if they have an injury... Mm. And he can come along and just do the job for one or two weeks mm. and just come off a bench and... Does rip. that block the path for a young guy? Train with them all summer? I don't, I don't know. know. I, I if honestly you're about winning comps, who cares? I don't reckon. I, well, I don't reckon. From what we've seen from Dylan Napa in recent years and some of the trouble that's gone with him, I, I can't see how it's a good signing. I, I, I and think how it's just, good for the Coles. He's a troubleshooter. Don't get it. Because you love salaries, he's going to be on around 20 grand playing reserve grade. Mate, there'll be a young bloke there, a young prop there on 20 grand. Give him a go. That's what I say. Well, he's it's like Milford, mate. Like, you, you're going back to the well to try and get more water. There's none left. He's, he's not going to fill the spot. I reckon short term. I reckon if you ask him to come and do, spend do 10 weeks job. up there, might be a problem, given, given where he's been lately. But if you give him... They come up for a week or two. They might not have injury. a kid there. Yeah. They might not have a kid. Because we've disagreed a bit tonight, haven't we? Mate? <laughs> All of us. Thanks, Cross. Thanks, Welcome Dave. Tuesday. <laughs> up next, it's the players' perspective with Damien Cook and Wade Graham.